0: Dance, it hurt. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Out of Turn. I'm your host, Landon Perut.
1: And I'm your co-host, Sam Hilton. Landon,
0: it is not just another episode. We're inching closer and
1: closer to our year anniversary.
0: We're almost at episode 12. It's been a crazy year. Who would have thought we were still doing this? Not me. Not me. me. <laughs> <laughs> but here we oh, are. Geez. We Ooh, have...
1: Someone stop this train.
0: <laughs> Please. We have a jam-packed episode today. Season three of The Circle has been out for a couple weeks now. So, you know, we had to watch it and give our thoughts on it. And then we're going to talk some football. We're about one week away from halfway through the football season in the NFL. And college football is a little bit over halfway two in the regular season. So we're going to come to our resident hot take aficionado. Sam and see what he thinks about the season. And then we're going to bring it home with some would you rathers on this spectacular penultimate episode of the first year of out of turn. So we're going to get right down into it, right into the weeds. Let's do it.
1: I can sense the excitement in the air.
0: Season three of the circle. They tried some new things. They had perhaps the smartest cast as far as the actual game goes. I felt like we really got some good game tactics and strategy involved. And ultimately, it came down to really who picked the best people to carry them to the top. But first of all, we're going to talk about something that I know is very controversial in our own chat. Uh, We got to talk about kind of that first arc, the first couple episodes really focused on Michelle and who the real Michelle was and the first twist of the season, which was the ability to somebody, for somebody to come back in as an imposter. So Sam, I know you were not a fan of this whole little first arc, but kind of explain where you're coming from with that.
1: So at first I wasn't a huge fan of it because I felt it was like a little too producery the way they were playing the game of which one's real, the Blue Michelle or Orange Michelle. They let Blue Michelle's answers go through the very first time each time. So, it may, so every time Michelle, quote-unquote, Michelle was giving an answer, it was always Blue Michelle first. And so everyone just thought, oh, yeah, Blue Michelle was – they just had that to base it off of, so they just thought Orange Michelle was lying the whole time. Overall, though, I have eased back on this take. I kind of liked it. I, I kind of liked the idea that someone was playing someone else, but it was also still in the circle. The only reason why I, I didn't like the ending of it though, is because I don't like the people playing the blue Michelle person. I really wish they released Michelle's video after she left. But if they did that, then they would have known, okay, the other person was fake. We need to remove them as well. And like, I, I get why they didn't do that, but I, I did not like blue Michelle at all. So I want them to just x her right away.
0: Wow. I'm really surprised because this take really has changed since the last time we talked. So I know you were pretty against it at the beginning, but I'm glad to hear that you kind of came around on it. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was a really smart gameplay decision by the sisters to go after Michelle because she, she was easily the easiest choice. She was a weak player already. Um, yeah, she didn't know about technology She sounded and reacted kind of like you imagine the boomers on Facebook when something bad goes on, throwing out out all those emojis and not really understanding what was going on. So I really thought it was a good gameplay strategy from that standpoint.
1: Yeah. She shot herself in the foot. She was awful at at that.
0: Yeah. I thought that what the players focused on was kind of weird. Yeah. Like the whole, like, not the whole butt thing about the dogs. They just let kind of their stereotypes Get in the way of what they were initially thinking. And I thought the whole focus on her hair or in that one that really kind of turned it and sealed the deal for Michelle was kind of ridiculous because people in the, the early 90s, especially, did have that haircut or early 2000s. Yep. People in the early 2000s did have that haircut for a wedding. And so that kind of bothered me. My only other disappointment was they spent basically the first four episodes on that arc. And it didn't really have anything to do with the rest of the season. I really wish they would have cut it down and kind of showed more of the building of the two alliances and what went into that instead. I thought that would have been a better use of the time because when Ava, while it was good and an interesting twist, the sisters got out the very next round. So it really was kind of a pointless thing and I'm sure they weren't expecting that, but that's what you get, and it didn't make it as impactful, in my opinion. Who would you say were your, uh, some people you liked and some people you didn't like in this season?
1: I really liked Nick. James, I thought, was hilarious. I know he is a comedian, so it would make sense. I, he would be funny. But he was funny and also slyly smart. And I don't mean that in a rude way. He was very smart in how he, I mean, he ended up winning. I liked the two of them. And then a the third one, I kept like going back and forth between K Jackson, and then I mean,
0: you didn't like so- Jackson. You just thought she was attractive. Don't give me that. Nobody like you. Don't like Jackson. No. Uh, who? I'd say
1: my three favorites. Yeah, you're right, Jackson. I just I, she was just hot. Uh, Nick James and Ashley. I thought Ashley was very smart in the way he, well, she called people out and she was very, very smart in the way she had alliances as well. And I mean it helped she almost won cuz she kept finishing second I thought, right? Second yes. or third. Those three to me were my favorites. And then other ones didn't really like Daniel. Calvin was there. I feel like maybe he was there a little bit longer. I would have liked him a little bit more. Jackie J- Jackie got there too late. Like I just, I, I, again, I feel like the circle, this is where I think they need to change. After like four episodes, I think it shouldn't be anymore. And then instead of removing a person every episode after that, maybe make it two episodes per removal. I just feel like when you get there so late, it's just like, all right, there's a, either they're going to like this year, every Alliance tried to get this person on their side to help them gain one more vote and they were just oh, oh yeah, she seems nice yeah she's a great person and jack is like oh my gosh everyone loves me everyone's really friendly it's like well yeah cuz you're the very last person to be in and they know they have it's 3 on 3 right now
0: right yeah i mean i agree with that that take overall i think that's that's definitely an issue that they have um so, i would say that i liked uh, nick and James a lot which is really funny because both of them and I know I've talked about this before but this is something that the circle just I don't know how you fix this but whoever produces those in introductory segments just needs to do a better job because once again I thought that Nick was like the biggest douche going into the show just because of the way they introduced him and then he's not like that at all really like I don't know what the issue is and where you get around it but this is another season where until like at first glance I didn't like anybody and I just don't know like as a producer why you continue to show this and maybe I'm alone in this thought but I just think that they need to do a better job of making these players relatable instead of saying oh I'm gonna lie and cheat and steal my way to victory I love to party and all this stuff I'm actually really smart, but I'm going to be this cool dummy so they don't suspect a thing. Like that's fine, but like when you lead with that, like my first impression is this guy sucks. But at first, I thought that way about Nick, and then I came around on him. James was kind of the same way. I was really surprised that he was able to kind of.
1: Speaking of introductions, I think this is where the producers put their foot that their their hands too much into it because i guarantee you they're like hey make you make this sound like the worst thing ever like as opposed to who you actually how you actually would well, be i, I think wonder, they do it on purpose
0: i wonder if they tell them to like i just don't know why you would say make yourself sound as bad as on purpose like maybe they tell them like make yourself sound like you know you're confident and all this stuff but i just don't know why you would want to purposely give people a bad opinion of every single player like i get maybe a couple of them, but there's literally nobody that I go in and I'm like, I want to see this person win. I just, that's the one thing that yeah. I, I just drives you up a tree. But so I like those two. And then my third favorite would probably have been Calvin. Honestly, he's kind of a victim of the numbers when he was kind of sacrificed for K. I feel like, cause it came down to those two and really it just, Ashley didn't like him for reasons that really didn't go explain and that yeah. was kind of the end of him. I, I kind of feel like he peaked and then, you know, it was kind of over and that was kind of unfortunate. I think he kind of got a, a rough deal in it, but. I agree. And then dislike. I agree. I think Daniel was really kind of annoying and didn't really add anything and was just kind of there. And people only kept him because they didn't really see him as a threat to win. Um, the sister was a foot flopper too. Yeah, I mean, he, he was. He was trying to play a game, and that's fine to a degree, but the same they didn't really flesh out his personality besides, like, here's this crazy thing he's doing because he's bored. And then the sisters, too, I really didn't like. They were the ones that I was like, I know I'm not going to like these people no matter what. Um, just not a connection to them, I don't think. They're, like, the people that I wouldn't like in real life, and there's nothing you can do about it at that point. But yeah, that's kind of where I was. So now that we've talked about that, let's talk about the other, the second big twist. Oh, of oh geez. The season. The ah. burner profile. I thought that was a really cool. I thought that was a really cool concept. And it ended up being a big game changer. I think that's really what got Nick from kind of the bottom where he was struggling a little bit to the very top because after that profile he got first basically first or second the entire rest of the way and i know he kind of struggled at the end he ended up in fifth place but without that i'm not sure he gets to the finale and he i thought he did a really good job with vince as well using it to the best of his ability to kind of maximize it what do you think about it sam
1: i love the burner profile i think he played it Great to a T. I mean, when he was even in a personal conversation with James, it was him, Vince, quote unquote Vince and James. I mean, he responded fast. I mean, again, this is like edited out and everything, but it seemed like he responded in a very timely manner on both sides. He played Vince extremely well. Yeah, you're right. I, I think it carried him to the finale. I think he, he played it well, and I think he did a great job.
0: I know at first you were a little bit more uh Upset about the way it was handled. Did, did you come around on it like the first twist, or do you still no. think there was an issue in how it was handled? And what was that issue?
1: I still think there was an issue the way it was handled once Vince left. I think I get it. You can't. I, you obviously can't have Vince there the whole time because obviously, like it's a one person only, and that's a huge advantage. They could get they could leave, but then still be there. They they get. Two chances, basically. I have no problem it leaving and in the circle saying, "Hey, Vince was a burner profile." I mean, I would just say of a player when it said when it said it's a burner profile of a player still active. That's where I think the only issue I had was when they put the word "still" in the game or "still active" whatever it was. If they just it was a player, and then just let the players be like, "Is it an active player? Is it a player where he kicked out? Like what's going on?" kind of thing. I just think that, like, because people almost thought it was Nick. People almost were like, well, was it Nick? And James like, no, it's not Nick because I had a personal conversation with him and Vince in it, so it can't be Nick. It, but it just – to me, it felt too producery. I think maybe – I mean, if you, you want to say, hey, like, Vince is a burner profile and it's of an, an active player of yours, maybe come out and say it in the beginning. But, again, I don't think you I, – I, I don't think it's beneficial to say in the beginning because then every player is trying to figure out who it is. My hang-up was just saying an active player. If it just said, hey, a player, but I get it. I mean, if it was just a player and then they left, that obviously wouldn't be a player that was originally there and then got cut, you know. I just just wasn't a fan of that.
0: Yeah, I just don't really think it had much of an impact on anything. Like, people were – people speculated, but at the same time, at least the conversations that we saw – he kind of shut it down pretty quickly and he was smart enough to kind of yeah. deal with that. If it would have had an impact on the season, maybe, but like, to me, that's not why he ended up losing. Yeah. It were it was no. some other kind of game flaws that he had. Uh,
1: yeah. I don't know how you do it. I, I mean, I say this and you would think, okay, well, you had an opinion. You should have a backup plan of it. And I don't know how you, I don't know how you do that because obviously it was a burner profile and it gets, and mean, and then it gets, it's gone. People are gonna start asking questions. I have one thing. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Speaking of all these twists and turns, I think it would be this is what they should do for season four, though. So, you know, people are like catfishes or like their fake profiles or whatever. You should have, like, let's take Ashley, for example. Ashley was played by a guy. I forget his name. When someone leaves, kind of like how Ava was at Blue Michelle. If someone leaves, that person comes back as a catfish for the actual person. So like if I was playing you and you left, you would come back as yourself. So Ashley's played by a catfish. That actual guy obviously has a profile and photos of himself somewhere. I'm saying if if you vote someone out
0: Oh like yeah, Daniel. I, Daniel yeah, comes, Daniel back, comes as back. Ashley's person. You've had this take forever. I don't. Get I know. It. <laughs> I don't think I it's don't that big it. of an idea. I hate to say it. No, <laughs> no,
1: no. Because because then then Ashley is like, well, I know that that's me, and like, so obviously this person is fake. But if you admit that, then you're like, well, then now Ashley like I think saying that would be wild because you had to figure out how to play it as. Ashley ashley and try to like convince someone else that that person is fake
0: you just say i think this person's fake and here's i mean people do that all the time with like like nick with k i think i think k is fake like i know but like
1: but i mean i feel like people get their emotion like why the hell is someone playing i don't like that and like it would just because if someone plays you better than you thought you would be you would play yourself that'll get you would get a little annoyed
0: i guess i guess maybe there's a little bit of an emotional aspect i agree because you know it would be wild what if that
1: person is playing that fake person and both people that are catfishing make it to the finale so then ashley's actual person walks in they're like wait are you daniel's profile and he's like no i'm ashley's profile and then daniel walks in is like wait there's actually a real person here of my profile and it would just be a huge like And then what would be even more wild is if Daniel wins as Ashley's like real profile, it would be wild. There's so many twists and turns to it.
0: I thought the other really funny moment of the season was when Jackson got eliminated and went and saw Nick. I get why people play as catfishes, but there are sometimes where you could just go in as yourself and, do a lot better I feel like especially this season like if Rachel would have gone in as herself instead of Jackson and I get she didn't want to be perceived as this you know dumb blonde but she would have had Nick wrapped around her finger and it wouldn't have hurt her game and probably Calvin yeah so both of them wrapped around their finger she probably takes Isabella's spot and has a great chance to win. Sophia is the same way. I think that Sophia really could have done well connecting with um, some of the other players because there were a lot of, a lot of gay players this season. So I think that that connection could have been made and I get wanting to be somebody else and playing a different game. I just think it's interesting that at least on the outside, the players don't really take that strategy kind of into effect.
1: I agree. I mean, yeah, but again, hindsight is twenty twenty. It's easy for you and I to mm-hmm. analyze that and say, "Hey, you should have done this or this." But I guarantee you, if you and I, I did apply for the circle back in back in the heyday, I guarantee you, if we you were higher on the circle and we had a chance for one hundred grand, you and I would—I mean, at least I would—overthink every single little thing.
0: And just hindsight's twenty twenty. It's easy for us, but that's what we're doing right now. That's that's our job. Well, the job at hand is to. Analyze it and tell people what we think. And then I think the other big kind of moment at the end of the season before the finale was when everybody kind of got to meet each other for the first time. And I have to talk about (laughs) the way that Nick looked when he saw that Sophia was the one that he had been talking to and flirting with and all that stuff. Not Um, Isabella. Not Isabella. The look of just pure upsetness disappointment oh man I felt for him and then I feel like Sophia just kind of made it worse um she was clearly nervous and kind of unraveled but poor Nick was grappling with his grief and it just made for one of the more uncomfortable moments I've ever seen on a reality show
1: <laughs> it just cracked me up it, it cracked me up when she's like are you mad and, like, obviously, you say that to someone, like, because, like, you, you just want some, like, instant gratification. Like, you don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, like, I understand. But, like, you could tell, he, like, he was, like he, he was pissed. Or not, I should say pissed. He was very upset and mad. I would have cracked up and she's like, are you mad? And he was just like, yes. Like, why would you lie to me? Why did you not tell me? I would have loved that.
0: And then we have and then she the kept
1: spiraling.
0: Yeah, the spiraling was really where it got bad. Um, yep. And I, I get her being nervous. But, man, she did not make it any better. I hate to say it. <laughs> nope. Then we get to the finale nick i thought played yeah. a very good game i thought that his strategy in getting everybody that he wanted there was good he was smart enough and willing enough to basically override james on both decisions to get rid of players that were more advantageous to james He had that alliance that he thought had him really solid. He thought he had Kay and James with his back. But at the end of the day, those two alliances were catfish and kind of sunk him because they ranked him lower in hopes of winning. And that's really what you have to do in the circle is you need to make sure that your alliance is going to actually have your back. In this case, with very strategic players, they didn't. He ended up getting fifth. And then James, who... I think kind of sneakily played a really good game at first. I didn't really think so, but the more I think about it, the more I was like, this guy had everybody liking him. He formed great connections with everybody. And more importantly, they were real people. And I feel like when you have that real person, they're more likely to have your back in the finale. And he ended up winning it Um, from everything that I saw. It sounds like it was much deserved on his part. And I really felt like, yes, this season, uh, we really got a winner that could be one of the better, one of the best players in the circle in the US version. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of what I thought. Uh you had, have any other thoughts on the finale and the winner and all that stuff?
1: The finale cracked me up when Rachel was just all over Nick the whole time. When they when like Nick walked out and she's and um, they're like, oh, oh, so like players are. How do you think the, fina- like, how do you think, like, the fina- finalists, like, what do you think is going to happen? Right? She was like, Nick's going to win. He was great. Nick's great. And just like all over Nick. And she's like, I don't want to ruin anything, though. only so like, no, like, it's fine. Like, trust me, you can have him. And she's like, all right, awesome. And then when they did the one on ones with, with each other afterwards, Nick was like, oh, I was really nervous to get the finale. And she's like, no, I love you as a person. Like, you're amazing. You're amazing. And like, all just like, she was very starstruck, I guess. And I also love, <laughs> how she said the guy she was playing was her friend's boyfriend. And she's like, but he's really not my type. But then she's falling for a guy who looks exactly like Jackson.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I feel like Rachel kind of, Rachel was willing to risk it all. It's probably a good thing she can go into her, go in as herself because we might've gone into the X-rated territory. uh, Oh, I loved it. (laughs) It would have been very interesting, but the exchanges would have gotten pretty heated, I feel like, between the two. Uh, Rachel was willing to risk it all right then and there in the finale for Nick. That was really funny. That was probably the highlight of the finale for me as well was just how willing she was willing to risk it all for Nick. (laughs) But yeah, that's kind of all I have on The Circle. Uh, Excited for season four, whenever that happens. This this season kind of surprised me with how quick it dropped, but I did know that they were... Filming two kind of back to back, so yeah, I'm interested to see kind of what other twists they have, and if we're kind of at the point where people get more strategic. Because I do think we've seen like kind of a increase in strategy between season one, two, and three. Season one kind of felt like it was more like Joey deserved to win, but there wasn't a whole lot of strategy involved. I didn't think no. um, season two. Trevor always, I feel bad because I feel like they shouldn't have won. But then, like, you look at all the stuff that they won, like, they she won a ton of challenges, but it just seemed to me like she kind of won because everybody else, like, voted down everybody else. And they thought that Trevor was going to score the lowest. But James, I thought, played probably the best game of all three of the winners, just from that standpoint. So, yeah, I was excited. Did the season end up winning you back? Because I know you were kind of.
1: I don't know. I, I really – again, season one I thought was just so, so – like, I liked how raw it was. I liked how – it felt like it was like not as cut up or not as like try to be 2-2 too, too reality. I just really – I also really liked the cast in season one. I really liked Sammy, Chris, Shuby, Joey, Miranda. It was just a good all-around cast. And even the players that were there for like a week – I shouldn't say a week, like one episode – and like, like the one that was like a weird cat guy and he was annoying. At least he had kind of a personality. We could like all like, Oh, you know, he needs to go. And then he left and it was fine. I just, I really like season one. So I'm hoping that they turn it around season four. If they do that catfish, if they do, if they take my take, if, they, if any producer is listening, they will have, they will win. They will win a fan over for life.
0: <laughs> there you go. If you're, if you're related to the circle hit Sam up for some ideas specifically that idea because he feels very, very passionate about it. So now we're going to transition from one entertainment venue to the next. I know Sam is pacing, ready to spew some hot takes. He is excited to discuss the first half of the football season. So Sam Hit us with a hot take. I know you want to do it.
1: First half of the season, playing out just like I thought it would. UK and OSU have the exact same record. UK is going to finish with a better record than OSU overall. UK is looking great. And, and the drivers see if they just keep winning out to control their own destiny of hopefully a New Year's Six game. And like I said, the Big Ten is not deserving of any big games. I'm glad Purdue beat Iowa. I don't think Michigan is a top five team. I think they climbed the rankings really fast and really early. They haven't really beaten anyone, and they're climbing the rankings just because I think they they need to give Ohio State as many ranked games as they can because they realize that the Big Ten is awful. Wow. I don't think Penn State's a top twenty-five team. I, I guess it's gonna sh- I think Ohio State's gonna run the wipe the floor with Penn State because I, I just don't I don't trust Penn State, uh, and I also think. This is, this is a hot take. Here you go, boys and girls, gals, everyone. The loser of the Michigan-Michigan State game will not win more than one more game the rest of the year. Wow. That's... Because
0: I just <laughs> do you even I know just what, see it. Do you even know what their schedules look like the rest of the year? <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, Mich- Michigan State has Ohio State and Penn State and Maryland and Indiana left, I believe. Michigan has Ohio State, Iowa, Maryland, Wisconsin. I I may get the those teams mixed mixed up, but I know Michigan, Michigan State both have Penn State and Ohio State left. So that's two losses for both of them. I don't see Michigan or Michigan State beating Ohio State as much as I hate Ohio State. I just like it's a down year for the Big Ten. It's okay to say it. It's it's okay, fans. You haven't you haven't beat anyone. You beat Auburn, Auburn doesn't look that hot right now. Controversial play calls too for Penn
0: State, so I just like that you don't see Michigan beating a two and five Indiana team or a four and three Maryland team that isn't even as good as four and three, and you you really better be hoping Michigan State lo- loses that game because Michigan State might not win another game because Michigan State actually has a much harder schedule, but I love the idea of you. I said one more game. I you said more think... than one. Okay, so you don't think the win – but I still I still would project them to beat either both Maryland and Indiana because uh, neither one of them are very good this year. So there, there's two right there. Maybe if Michigan State gets the loss, uh, I mean, they have Purdue, which is a little bit tougher. They also have Maryland and then Ohio State and Penn State. So you really better hope that Michigan wins that game. The other thing that I think is funny, though, is if Michigan wins that game, you're already kind of – I feel like you're a little bit wrong in the fact that they're top – well, first of all, they're six. They're not a top-five team. Um,
1: (laughs) You're right. They are a top-five team. Take is is right.
0: So that's very interesting. Um, Also, if they beat Michigan State, who's undefeated. And, um, I mean, they would have proven proven themselves a little bit unless you're – Unless you subscribe to the Michigan fact that uh, the only team that matters is beating Ohio state, which if that's the tick that you subscribe to, then yeah, maybe they aren't that good this year, but I don't know. I I think those are some hot takes. I disagree with them, but we'll see kind of what happens. Yeah. All righty.
1: Let's move on to the N F L the big boy league. Landon, no, you're a huge Bengals fan. You're probably loving life right now. You're probably sitting on top of, I don't know, Mount Rushmore, I guess, or Mount Everest at the pinnacle looking down on all of the other pretenders in the AFC.
0: <laughs> Mount How Rushmore. do you feel? <laughs> Mount Rushmore. Wow. I feel very vindicated just because I didn't expect them to be this good, but there were some so-called experts who are projecting them to finish Uh-oh. 15th or 16th in the AFC. They said that... Say their names. <laughs> I don't know their names. But there's this one guy on TikTok that expected them to go 2-15. and 15. They were a bottom five roster on talent. Said Joe Burrow was not as good as Alex Smith. Like, come on. I understand being a little pessimistic in the preseason because the preseason didn't look great. Joe Burrow didn't look super comfortable. Let's also remember... He was, about, he was about nine months off of ACL surgery. It's typically a one-year recovery time. He was nine months into it. They also didn't want him to take any hits because they knew how good this season was going to go. But anyway, he looked a little shaky in the preseason. <laughs> the offense looked <laughs> a do. little shaky in the preseason. Jamar Chase was looking a little shaky, was dropping everything, but now... He's easily a top 10 receiver, top four fantasy receiver, really close to leading the league in yards. Near the top of the board. Saw this stat today. Near the top of the board in expected actual yards versus expected yards. So that means that he's making plays. You saw one of those against the Ravens where he That was impressive. Spun out. Of three guys, took it to the house, to the grip, and just just so impressive. House it's call. So good. <laughs> house call. The defense is looking good. And now, according to some betting sites, the Bengals are favored to make the playoffs. You love to see it. Even if they don't, they're still a little bit of above schedule. But I think the road to 10 wins is really manageable. They don't even really have to upset anybody. You. They've got to take care of business. They have the right mindset. Zach Taylor said it best today. Winning five games means nothing. You don't make the playoffs winning in five games. We're just trying to get to six this week. Wow. I love to hear it. So that's what I got to say about the Bengals. <laughs> they are back, baby. day! <laughs> oh, boy.
1: No, I mean, the reason why Jamar probably looked so bad in the preseason, I mean, he was he didn't play for a whole year. So he's, he was still regaining his winning. The Bengals scare me now. Never thought I'd say it this early in the year, but I mean that game you and I are going to, Browns Bengals will be live streaming the whole game, folks, on Instagram for all our followers to see. We will not be doing that. I will be. If it's a tie game going to the third quarter, we are live streaming the whole quarter. Okay. With our luck, I mean that yeah, that game, that game could be for first first place in the division. You could argue me.
0: Mm-hmm. It could be.
1: But the Browns need to focus on this week, but it's not about the Browns right now. We're talking about who day they are back until they lose the jets this week. After this podcast gets released.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> They're about to take the jets down. <laughs> they are not going to lose to the jets. Joe Flacco. He is walking to that door. I don't think he's going to start, but if he does, we we'll won't be him. walking out. Won't be walking out. Exactly. So, nope. Chop them at the knees. <laughs> so I think my prediction at the beginning of this year were, was for the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. That's not looking like a great prediction at this point. Mahomes has not been great. Um, I know you're probably doing a victory lap, probably a little happy, because I know you're not the biggest Mahomes guy. Um, but I don't know. I mean, you, you had the Titans, didn't you? Those That's looking like a pretty – Pretty good pick so far. Yeah. They're looking pretty good. Do you think the Chiefs have enough to turn around, or do you think the dynasty is already dead?
1: Let's the Braves. You alluded to it. My, my take was the Titans are going to make the Super Bowl as an AFC team. Right now they're looking pretty good. I also said on this podcast the AFC North is the best division, and guess who has the best overall winning percentage of any division? The AFC North. So I don't just take these hot takes and just say I'm I'm emotionally biased. I have facts to back up my takes. Wow. Anyway, do I think the Chiefs have enough to make the playoffs? It's not that I trust the Chiefs per se. I just don't trust that many AFC teams. I think the AFC is a lot more wide open than the NFC. So I think they sneak into the playoffs. I don't think – I think the Chargers are going to come down to reality a little bit. I think the Raiders. I mean, if the Chiefs lose to the Raiders, they they haven't played yet, have they? No, they haven't. The Raiders go 500 against the Chiefs. I don't think the Chiefs make the playoffs. I think those two games against the Raiders are going to make a breakthrough here But as much as I am loving the Chiefs, just sputtering left and right right now, I don't see them collapsing. The rest, I, I just don't see it happening. I, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see them just flop. And not win a single game the rest of the year and have the second overall pick, and everyone's like, should we cut Mahomes?
0: But it's not gonna happen. I think the NFC honestly is pretty open as well. Just because I know we're watching this game. If the Packers end up holding on and beating the Cardinals, you got two seven and one teams. You got the Bucks who are six and one. Six and one. They've been kind of sleepwalking a little bit. They don't look super secure. You got the Rams who are five and two struggling a little bit but you know still at the very top and they you know they put the smackdown on the bucks when they played so i think that there are four really good teams at the top of the nfc and maybe kind of not as many in that upper echelon when i mean you look at the afc and there are like five or six teams with five and two records but or four and two but they're not really uh-huh. supporting themselves but i don't know i think i think this is going to be a year where the super bowl champion you know, you could end up being a little bit of a surprise, which of course means that we're going to have Chiefs, Buccaneers, Super Bowl with Tom Brady winning. That's definitely what's going to happen, uh, just because we think this uh, is going to be more wide open.
1: I will say, as much as the Cowboys, the Cowboys have surprised me on the offensive end. Yeah, they have, but their defense is more to be left to, left to be desired.
0: Hey, they're playing better though. They're playing better.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Chiefs. Oh. I'd be so happy if they weren't defeated the rest of
0: their year. (laughs) I also think they're going to make the playoffs
1: too. ESPN would never blame Mahomes for another loss, not a single loss. By the way, Dan Orlowski, brilliant man. He's holding Mahomes a little bit accountable. Everyone else is blaming everyone else except Mahomes. I'm sorry. Is he the quarterback that's getting half a billion dollars? Yes. You're telling me if Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Lamar, or Baker was playing this bad? They would be coming up with every other excuse except the quarterback. No, Lamar has one back in. They're like, Oh, he's, he can't throw, he can't do this. Then he comes out and throws it, and they're like, Oh, wow, he's actually a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, he is. It's all they're just trying to fit their narrative. And guess what? It ain't fitting. Don't push something, don't try to put a square in a circle. And right now, the Chiefs are playing real squares.
0: Oh, not the squares. Wow. The squares are. Of the AFC. The squares. I like it. So, wow. That's all I have. That's all you need to have. Who day? And the dynasty is dead. The chiefs are No,
1: it's not. No, no, it's not dead. No, no, no. It's on life support.
0: It's on life support. So now we're going to end things off with what we do best. Some would-you-rathers. So we got two for you.
1: I'll take it from here, L. We'll do the first one. Would you rather never be able to go out during the day or never be able to go out at night ever again? This is a, this is a very, a very, very tough one because I like to do things, I mean, during the day, some sporting events happen. You can go golfing during the day. At night, though, that's usually where all your friends go out. And you, you, you hit the town. You hang out. So what do you think, L? Never day or never night ever again?
0: I guess what does, by like going out, does that just mean leaving your house? I'd say like going out to dinner, like restaurants,
1: bars, movies, like any. Like, yes, you can leave your house, to like go to the grocery store at night if you have a job. You can't like go do things. Does that make sense? Recreational activities. Do recreational
0: activity. Okay.
1: And that's the same for the day- daytime. Like you can like if you can go to your job, obviously.
0: Right. I think I would say never go out during the day. No more Bengals that, games. I know. No more cats games. I know. I think that would be tough. But my workaround thought process is Kentucky does get a lot of night games. So those would still be okay. And but you couldn't
1: go to it though until the sunset. So you had to sit in your house until the until like game time.
0: Why can't I get in my car at that doesn't make that's not fair. Why can't I go in my car at you know two? Because you're going out.
1: Because you're going out.
0: But I'm going to an event that's at night. You can't can't go out during the day though. Oh my I think that's kind of a archaic way to view it. But I I would still say, okay, that's fine. Sunsets at five thirty. I could still make a seven o'clock game, like in the fall. So there's the workaround for the Bengals. That would also hurt, but I can at least say that playoff games are usually at night. So um, that's really kind of what I'm looking for. You know, the big the big games. I could still go to if I wanted to, but it would hurt. I just think that if you can't go out at night. You're basically saying you can't do anything recreationally at all during the work week because you're working during the day. And there are some big things that you would miss, but you could still, you know, go to baseball games during the week if you wanted to, basketball games during the week if you wanted to. And then, of course, you can still have some fun on the weekends at night. I feel like that's when more of the fun things happen anyway. You know, sometimes people hang out during the day but it's not as frequent. So you get to encapture both. And I just like the idea of being able to have all seven days. I feel like if I were to pick the day, then I would say I would have to work. I'd have to change jobs and work something where I'm working on in the night. So I could, you know, make use of free time, but even then, you know, people are other people are working during the day. So you're really doing yeah. things more by yourself. So that's why I'm going to say I would rather never go out during the day. I just think the night gives you more opportunities throughout the week.
1: I hear you. I mean, for sporting events, the one, the only one that would kind of be annoying for, like, evening games is those three thirty-four o'clock games. You can't go to those. You can't go – I mean, because that's during the day, unless you want to show up at the fourth quarter when it's nice and dark out. But for me, I'm going to say – I'd rather never go out at night again. Wow. I'm going to say I'm going to keep the day because this is what I'm thinking. On the weekends, on the weekends, you would just sit around in your apartment from the time you wake up until it's time to go out. So you really aren't really doing anything. You can't really do anything. I have gotten into golf a lot more lately and I just, I, I miss it. I, I wouldn't be able to do whatever because you really can't night golf anywhere. I know. of. Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to say never go out at night again. Because, like this week, I'm going to visit my friends in Denver, and we're going on a hike during the day. Going on, a, going to get brunch, and I, I would just have to sit in the apartment and just let them do it. But then again, then I'd sit in the apartment at night. The caveat, though, if you're like if you're going out at night, right, and you can't do anything during the day, could you say, hey, everyone, just come over my place at two o'clock and have everyone just stay in pregame? You see what I'm saying? Like, can you, is is that a caveat? I caveat, don't. Or is it like, hey, you I, can't do anything.
0: I don't think that you can caveat that because then you could just say, well, I just, instead of like going out, I'll just have everybody come like at night. So I I don't think you could say that.
1: That's where my thought process was. I was like, well, wait a second. I could just, we could just go really hard during the day and (laughs) never just come back to my place and just, yeah, it's just kind of, it's not really a would you rather question. And I am going to say that the day though, I'm probably going to get a lot of heat for this one.
0: So I'm more
1: of a night owl kind of guy.
0: So, so did you change your mind? You say you were going to you'd rather go out during the day?
1: No, no, I never I'm keeping my keeping it. Okay. I would never say. go out in day ever again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, you're fine. I, I miss, I misspoke. Yeah. I'm probably going to get some heat for that. I mean, it's a tough one. The weekend is where I would have the most hard time saying I mean, either one obviously, but I'm going to say never again going out at night.
0: Yeah, I definitely That's, am surprised to hear that. But I could see But you why know me, it's... I wake up
1: at 7 a.m. on a Saturday and go golfing. That's what I do.
0: That's true. That's true. That would be really tough to not do. So I, I feel like you probably made the right call for you. I think I made the right call for me. Sometimes the right calls are different. Yep. Okay. So now we're going to go with the last would you rather. We're going to go on some self-sufficiency here, but only one. So Sam, would you rather... Have to sew all your clothes or grow your own food? This
1: one, I do not know how to sew at all. I like to think I am somewhat handy in a farm. I mean, obviously, I would have to change jobs. So I'm never, I never I, I don't have time to grow my own crops.
0: Do you have any experience in a farm?
1: Uh, my dad has a garden, and I help him with that every <laughs> now and again. So I'm going to say grow my own food because I, I don't know how to sew it all. I just, I just feel like that is just a – me with a needle sounds like an awful idea. So I'm going to say food. I'm just going to get right to it. I'm just going to I'll grow my own food.
0: Wow. See, I think I would disagree. I think that if you mess up your clothes, that's one thing. And I really don't know how to sew, but I think I could learn. But I feel like in order to grow my own food, I'd have to learn a lot more. It would be a lot more time-consuming. I'd have to, you know, feed chickens and cows and plants. Like, it's not just one thing. It's not like I oh, I can just like be a corn farmer. It's I gotta do all this stuff. Plant based only
1: diet. Plant based only.
0: And see, I just don't think I could do a plant based only diet. Yeah, um, I cannot. I cannot either. So, I would rather just have to sow. Where if I mess up, the repercussions aren't my death. I might look bad, but at least I'm still breathing. And I'm eating good. Well, because of course. I don't have to grow my own food. So I just think it'd be easier to and a lot less time consuming to sew rather than grow my own food. So for that reason, I'm going to go with the sewing. So, okay. So I think we covered a lot of ground in this episode. Hit some nice would you rathers, discuss the circle, a favorite of the out of turn. Podcast history, we talk some football, another favorite, it's another great episode. Thank you all once again for tuning in and listening. Until next time, I'm your host, Landon Perut.
1: I'm your co host, Sam Hilton. We appreciate everything you do for us, fans. 11 episodes down. The big one, two is next. We have a lot in store for episode 12, a lot of new things, maybe. Who knows? A lot of teasers. As always, like, subscribe, comment. If you want to get on, let us know. Till next time, we love you all.